Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Since 1984, Max's Garage, located at 1010 South Rock Street in Sheridan, Arkansas, has been your one-stop shop for all of your auto repair needs, including tune-ups, oil changes, transmission repairs, and even body work. Stop by or give them a call today at 870-942-4612. Again, that's 870-942-4612. The Hog Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handyman. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. As of right now, we're not allowed to watch them do anything. Uh, not only throwing and catching, but in the weight room as a as a uh, coach. Now, the strength coaches obviously they have they need to be there for safety reasons and, and to teach them how to lift correctly. But right now, we're having no access with them whatsoever for the month of June, as it is now. Weight room wise, we're going uh, five days a week in the weight room. There's unlimited uh, hours involved there right now simply because it's voluntary. Uh, so they're staying pretty busy. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of our guys that are in summer school at this point. I think we have 22 right now. So uh, they have a lot of time on their hands. So we're trying to uh, take up some of that void here. Yo, what's going on, Arkansas Razorback fans, SEC fans everywhere? Welcome to the Hog Talk Podcast. I'm Ty Hudson, the host of the Friday Show. Alongside me, my two co-hosts, Porter Hayes and Kyle Sutherland. How are you two boys doing? Doing pretty good, man. Glad to be back on. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, yeah. Kyle, how you doing, man? Doing great, man. Just trying to uh, get used to this summer weather that we're having here in central Arkansas. The humidity's turned up a little extra high today and it's good to be on with both you guys again i know it's been a while since we've all three done one yeah it's uh it has it's like porter said it's been a minute um not really experiencing the high heat up here it's like i think it's the high today's i want to say 80 degrees so not too bad it's it's that humidity man it'll get you like dixon street it'll get you yeah it's it's nuts Working outside, and then you go into people's houses that don't have AC on. It just, <laughs> man, it, you, there's no relief. So I, but I can relate. Working working outside, and then dealing with customers, man, that can be uh, that can be a bit much, especially in the summer. Um, we've had a lot happen, and I mean, good grief! Since the last time Kyle and I even talked here on the on the Friday show, we've we were talking about the the lockdowns and everything. Well, now we've had. We've had another uh, sad, unfortunate event, and I think, uh, Porter, you want to talk about this, the situation that's kind of 
unfolded with Drew Brees and, and everything kind of alongside that, the Black Lives Matter stuff that's happening right now, a very important movement that's been actually going on for a while, but obviously now since since the recent death of, uh, of, of Floyd up, up north in Minneapolis, this has all been kind of heightened a little bit. And I know, Porter, you want to talk about that for just a second about Drew Brees. So I'll let you have the floor. Yeah, you know, Drew Brees come out and basically said, you know, if if you're going to kneel, you know, he was asked about the the flag and what's going to happen if if the players kneel during the national anthem. And he's like, you know, he's not going to, you know, have the respect for them. And and to me, it's like we as as whites right now have no authority. We have no right to say when you can protest how you can protest if they want to kneel during the national anthem they have that right because they tried to do that three years ago and it was it was smoke screened into they were disrespecting the flag and disrespecting the national anthem when it had nothing to do with it 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 was about the equality and we're seeing it today you know now with with especially with with the murder and and how everybody's really woken up because there's no sports that's all we have to focus on right now you know, and it's hard. It's heartbreaking because hmm. it, it's when you have people that are affected by it that you know personally in your family and you have close friends that you see their hearts are breaking over this. And to me, it's like, you know, people want to throw out all lives matter. Quit. It's not about us. It's not about everybody. Everybody hasn't had to deal with what they've had to deal with. They haven't had to grow up with the oppression and and i think it's like you're starting you know when when they disregarded kaepernick kneeling to the national anthem they said well you can't do it like that now they're saying coming out saying black lives matter now here we are saying no no it's all lives matter stop trying to take it away stop deflecting we really need to stand up and really get to the bottom of this stop it all you're doing is adding to it and, and there's so much division in this country, whether it's political, racial, everything. We're so divided, left and right, white and black. I mean, we're, we need to come together. And because, you know, I have a 14-year-old stepson that he's going to start driving. Now, now, am I going to have to teach him when he gets his driver license? Am I going to have to run him through a crash course on what to do if he gets pulled over? You know, what parent wants to think about that? You you have your brothers and sisters that you're very very close to crying and their heart broken and you can't do nothing but say I'm here for you. That's what we need to do is is be there for them. To uh, to to get kind of or to clarify, Drew Brees did go on Twitter today, and, and of course we're recording on uh, on June fourth. Uh, but this was about five hours ago. He said, I would like to apologize to my friends, teammates, the city of New Orleans, the black community, NFL community, and anyone I hurt with my comments yesterday. Uh, in speaking with some of you, it breaks my heart to know, and, and uh, he posted something on Instagram. I, I do think it's important that we listen to everybody and to not I, – I don't, I don't know how, how you guys feel about the Twitter mob. There is a Twitter mob. It can get ridiculous out there if you disagree with anybody. Uh, we got to remember Twitter's treated like town hall, and I think everyone has a right to an opinion – uh, maybe his timing was a little off, or maybe he could have been a little bit more specific in what he said. You know, I don't know. Um, Kyle, did you have anything that you wanted to add to any of this? Or Yeah, pretty much what I came to is I think just like a lot of people, 
I you've seen people post on Facebook and Twitter and various social media platforms, and they started off saying, "I've been trying to figure out the words to use," and that's how I was as well. I really was not going to put it on Facebook. I wanted to wait because I figured this is something that we probably would mention on the pod. But for me, what I came to the conclusion of is our automatic reaction these days: when something like this happens, or something that is uh, that is dividing happens regardless of what the subject may be, I think that it's automatic that we just post it to our social media platforms and then it just starts all these arguments. And I know for myself, now I've been one of those guys that puts political stuff, or, and this isn't even really political, this is that human beings are dealing with right now. And over the years, as I've gotten older, I've kind of stopped doing that because I just don't want people to get the wrong idea. If they want to have a conversation with me about it, my inbox is always open. Uh, I've had many talks with people, very civil conversations that disagree with me, but we still agree to disagree. The ultimate conclusion that I came to is one thing that I have done for quite some time, and I don't do it every single day. I, I fail at it occasionally. but I try to do at least one nice thing for somebody every single day whether that be letting them into traffic when there's a jam, whether it be opening a door, or even if it's, if it's something as much as helping them move. I can promise you this. I can't guarantee that I have any kind of solution because, um, I mean, this is from – look at the facts. This is from a white man's perspective. I don't have all the answers, just like pretty much nobody does. Right. But I can promise you this. You get to know somebody. You figure out their backgrounds. You get to know their interests. You then talk to them possibly about a civil conversation in regards to their political or their religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, if you do that, that will change the world, whether it's by an inch. But the more and more positivity that you have on somebody's life, um, that's what we need right now. And I think that it is, it, it's not near as bad the things that we see a lot of bad things on social media. We've also seen a lot of good things. Ops getting involved in protests. Um, whites and blacks hugging each other, being there for each other, picking each other up. And it's not just white, it's people of all different races. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Porter, I thought you, you know, you said a lot of really good things right there. And Ty, you brought up a lot of good points. And it's just really what it boils down to is, is I don't think this is a black and white issue. I think that this is a, I've said it for years. I think we have a massive problem with our justice system. It has failed in so many levels, dating back so many different years, um, and it's it's just devastating. Uh, I'm I'm sick over this, just like everybody else is. Really, at the end of the day, um, we're not going to solve anything by hurting each other and putting each other. All we can do is treat each other right, and we have to hope that the justice system gets this right, which I think that they will, and that will be a step forward even though it might just be a small one. And another thing is, too, we, we need to, this needs to be something we do all the time, not just because it's now what we're thinking about, we're, now that we're in this moment. You know, like, a, you know, in the social media age, I mean, we're, we're talking about this now, but is it going to be lost and forgotten two weeks from now? I mean, this is something that we need to make a lifestyle. You know, we need to love everybody from here on out. I mean, we need to hug people. Like you said, Kyle, do something nice for somebody else, whether you know them or not, every single day. Because nothing's going to change if you just, oh, well, we're going to do it for, you know, we're going to post on social media for a week and we're going to stand with everybody. And then two weeks later, we're just going to forget about everything yeah. that happened no, two I, weeks ago. Yeah, I agree with that. You get a lot of virtue yeah. signaling that then disappears. I agree with that. Yep. People that get on their soapbox, 
Yep. Um, they change their icon to a black icon, and then they they walk away and don't do anything from that point on. I'm not obviously I don't know everybody, but I know a few people that do that. I know people personally that that have done that on my Facebook page, and then uh, I, I don't see them carrying that on as often as they portray themselves on social media. Like you two said, carry it on every day. Do something nice. Yep. Pay do, it forward. Do it because do it because you want to do it. Do exactly. it, don't do it because everybody else is doing it. Exactly. Like, you know. For yes. me, I didn't do the Blackout Tuesday because you know what? I I want to speak up. I I want to do it my way. Mm-hmm. I know how I feel. I know my background and what I deal with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. I know my brothers, you know, my our good friend Tyler Butler in South Carolina. I know I speak to him daily on what he's dealing with. And I challenge everybody. I don't know if you've two seen the video, but Emmanuel Acho, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He put out a 9-minute video on Twitter. It was called uncomfortable conversations with a black man. And I'm telling you what, I got more out of those nine minutes than anything I've read on social media this whole week. Very, very powerful video. And I want y'all, if y'all haven't watched it, I mean, seriously, take the time to watch it. And our fans out there sit and watch it because it answers a lot of questions, a lot of general questions that we might have toward this situation. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with educating yourself. Very well said. Okay. Well, we're going to move on from the heavy stuff. That was heavy. It was a good talk. I'm glad we had it. We're going to move on to some Arkansas Razorback information and some updates here and there. Kyle, Arkansas, well, they gained a commitment on uh, June 2nd. Jaden Wilson, three-star wide receiver, six foot, 372-pounder. Kid had offers. I don't know how many of these are committable, but a lot. I think he had like 14 or 15 offers that included uh, Cal, Louisville, uh, Nebraska, Mizzou, Ole Miss, UCLA. The list kind of goes on. Uh, there are some rumors of some other kids that could be committing soon, but what do you have for us on the recruiting front, good sir? Yeah, you mentioned him out of DeSoto, Texas. Uh, I believe he went to the same high school as Mason Jones, if I'm not mistaken, but in, in that general area, same town. I did not know that. Uh, and uh, Yeah, and we've talked, Ty, I know you and I have talked about Lucas Coley many times, mm-hmm. uh, the quarterback out of uh, Cornerstone Christian in San Antonio. And he initially was supposed to commit about a month ago on Cinco de Mayo, but then he started getting more offers coming in. I know that when he was initially going to commit, it was Arkansas and Wazoo as his only two Power 5 offers. Now he's got Vanderbilt, Virginia Tech, Illinois, Louisville, and Clemson also has uh, come in there with a little bit of venture. So I think he wanted to wait and see how it played out. But for whatever this is worth, he quote tweeted Jaden Wilson right, I believe, the day before Jaden committed to Arkansas. And so that we don't have a timetable when he could commit, but that could definitely be something to look for. But Raheem, Raheem Sanders, also known as Rocket, Rocket. his nickname. Yeah, he's committing on, on June 8th. He's out of Rockledge High in Florida, and he could be the first four-star for this 2021 class. He's deciding between Arkansas, Florida State, Mizzou, OU, and South Carolina. 26th-ranked athlete in the entire country, 65th overall out of Florida. So uh, big-time player there. He could play just about anywhere. The Razorbacks prefer him at wide receiver. I know Justin Stepp has really been on him. We know what kind of recruiter he is. And the final one is Devin Manuel. He's out of uh, Boshin High School in Louisiana. We don't have a timetable on him. He trimmed his – I think it was seven schools that he trimmed his list to on May 23rd, and it's really coming down between Arkansas and Houston, really depending on who you ask is uh, where he'll commit to, or at least the predictions as of now. But, but uh, yeah, Jaden committed as the eighth commitment on uh, Tuesday, 
And so we could have two to three more here in the next about week or so. Did you mention, sorry, I was, my kids are like, they're, they're signing to me like they're trying to get my attention. Did you mention the four-star running back, A.J. Green? Because I've heard that I think he's all, he's got a lot of crystal ball predictions, and they're all to Arkansas, a kid out of uh, 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 Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, rumor was he was going to commit, and I don't think that he ever did. Do you have anything on him, on, on A.J. Green? I, I have not heard any. I know who you're talking about. I have not heard anything about, about that. At least not any new news. Okay, and you've also got out of uh, Fort Smith, uh, of course, the cousin of a current Oklahoma player, four-star corner Drayden Norwood, who I've I've said for a while I felt like he was going to commit before the season started. I still feel pretty strongly about that. Nothing's changed. There is some information coming out. Well, there's there's rumors. It's all it is right now. We might as well just kind of address it a little bit. But the uh, three-star tight end out of Little Rock. Aaron Outley, this kid, I'm telling you, and I've I've been talking about this kid for months. He's getting, he's got offers from everybody. I, I don't know, throw a, uh, throw up a name, and I'm sure he's got an offer from one of these schools. It's ridiculous. But uh, Aaron Outley, 6'4", 250 pound tight end, he moves. He reminds me so much of DJ Williams, maybe a little bit bigger. Definitely a little bit bigger. I think he's like a good couple inches taller than than DJ was, but just reminds me so much. His fluidity after he catches the ball, he's got a good catch radius too. Uh, Athletic. Uh, His his highlight film, and it always is. Highlight film is always fun to watch, but his is. You can't believe he's a tight end. You can't believe someone who's six foot four, two hundred fifty pounds moves like that. The rumors have been that Florida State, who offered him, I want to say, earlier this year, a few months back, uh, that they ha- they're they really starting to, to come up the list. Uh, and they could be uh, true competition to Arkansas for, for landing his commitment. So just be on the lookout for him. I've been talking about him for a while. Really like him. I really love watching his highlight film. And of all the tight end film that I have watched, he, he looks, again, for his size, to be one of the more athletic Kind of tight ends. He would, I, no doubt, he'd be an awesome addition here. So, speaking of Florida State, <laughs> Mike Norvell had a, an interview with the Atlantic, where uh, where he was the, the, the he was he stated that he was having individual quote unquote individual conversations with players. He was enjoying these conversations. Several players today took to Twitter and said that was a bunch of BS. That those conversations never happened. They got a uh, they got a a mass text. They all got a mass text message from him, obviously stating probably the same thing. Um, that's pretty interesting. Again, Mike Norvell was someone who was considered. I mean, everyone here wanted him. Hell, I liked Mike Norvell. I did unbelievable things at Memphis. You know, uh, whether it was recruiting, obviously what they were doing on the field, his ability to develop talent once he got it. You know, Florida State was just tickled pink to get him. And I thought, hey, look, that's a hell of a get for Florida State. Arkansas would have, I think, I was I was okay with it. There were some rumors that there was something going on with Mike Norvell, but listening to other members of the media here, um, those rumors weren't entirely true. I mean, I heard everything from gambling to alcoholism, and I don't, I don't know if there's any truth to that. So please don't quote me on any of that. But, um, but here he is now lying <laughs> to the Atlantic about having these individual conversations with Florida State players, and they, 
apparently never took place, these individual conversations. What do you guys think about this? Kyle, we can start with you. I'm, I'm as dumbfounded as you are. You know, you've already, whether you, these rumors are true throughout the years, like you said, we can't confirm nor deny. You've heard them since 2017, but yeah. it's you're going to get caught. No, we were talking off air about this, and Porter made a great point. It's like, well, you're within a, in this age, your players or people within the situation, within the football program are going to see that, and they're certainly going to call you out, especially for a subject as serious as this one. And so it definitely does not help the reputation that you've had at least. And I know that – I don't think that, that those rumors were very strong throughout the entire country. I think it was more so regionally, especially within the state of Arkansas yeah. and, like, the Memphis area. But, yeah, that definitely does not help your image when you really not had the greatest one over the last three or four years. <laughs> Porter, any thoughts on yeah. that? <laughs> well, it definitely bad look because, I mean, I'm just looking at it from the coach's aspect. You know, yeah, we everything going on right now. Well, so we we can wipe that slate clean. For him to not even coach a game, what's the first thing you want to do when you become a coach? You want to build that relationship with your players, and to go and lie, and to say, "Oh man, I've, I'm really getting to know my players and this and that," and to be called out on it, and it's a mass text. What does that say about your character? Mm. Now you ain't even started practices yet. You've got a bunch of them threatening to hold out not even practice now so you're already starting off way behind and it's, it's not a good look i mean why lie about it just say hey look i sent out a message to my players and you know we're going to meet at a later time and discuss all this but for to for you to just knowingly lie and then get called out on it, it tells me there's no you know there's no awareness because you're going to get called out on it mm-hmm there are there are people Florida and they're mostly Florida State fans taken to Twitter saying that uh, uh, and this is from uh, at lazy 21 I'm, I'm pretty sure he's just a fan here but he said uh, actually said this late last night that uh, Mike Norvell definitely did have one-on-one conversations with every player at FSU oh I see oh I, I should have read this because he's he's uh, he's making a joke. Uh, Monty Al- Monty Tao's girlfriend uh, was taking notes. Okay, all right. I should have read that one. Before. <laughs> <laughs> he got me on that one. Well played, sir. Well played. Um, but I did tweet. I was reading the comments and the replies where fans were calling the kids. Were just saying things like, you know, maybe he didn't have a conversation with all players, but he did. He did have. He did have conversations with individual players. Um, I I don't know. Here's uh, Florida State defensive tackle Marvin Wilson. Uh, this was from ESPN, but he was disputing Mike Norvell, his claim that he was reaching out to players individually to discuss last week's death of George Floyd. And Wilson said uh, he and his teammates would not be working out until further notice. There's your repercussions. And uh, yeah, even Pinto took to Twitter too and says, uh, looks like Arkansas dodged a bullet with Mike Norvell. Rumors where he was always kind of shady. Remember, there were rumors about Bobby Petrino before they hired him. Now, that's a different scenario, and just kind of, you know, we're comparing apples and oranges, I get it, but sometimes it makes you wonder if if, if that's a precursor to what could end up happening. You know, do you do you reap what you sow, or do you, uh, you know, did you maybe, uh, did you jump on the opportunity a little too soon? Should have done a little bit more research, Florida State. Maybe they should have done a little bit more research into Mike Norvell and what he these so-called rumors maybe they did and they found nothing and I, I don't know these two these two things are completely unrelated but 
Uh, it does seem well, that like just, that just puts more pressure on Norvell to win. He better win. Oh gosh, that's the only thing that's going to wipe this away. Especially say, after say, what they say had. Say two years. Say like next year, not this year, but next year they go nine and three or, or ten and two or something like that. They're going to forget about what he said now. Yeah. But if he goes five and seven and then six and five and he's not doing anything, oh, he's gone. Winning cures all. And uh, yep. If if. If he stumbles again like that, I, I, I'm sure he'll be forgiven. We'll move on. You know, the, the way things work, especially with outrage culture, people are outraged for a little while, for, for a few days, for a week, depending on how big it is, and then they forget and they move on, especially, like you said, when he wins. Um, but, yeah, I'm just kind of reading over these comments. But, yeah, there are some <laughs> Florida State people that are defending him and obviously a lot more, a lot of other people a little concerned. Um well, look at the look at the Bobby Petrino and the Chad Morris comparison. I mean, they were both, you know, like you said about Bobby Petrino and his attitude and how he just hated everybody, but he won. And and now there's a majority. There's, I mean, not a majority, but there's a lot of people who would take him back as a coach. It's true because he won. It's Nobody in their right mind would take Chad Morris back because he lost. You know, what I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying it's the truth. But they both had similar personalities. They didn't care about the players. They cared about themselves. Mm. And one won, and one didn't. Yeah. It's a very good point. It's a very good point. And we just mentioned they're already like there's already possibly some repercussions. Well, there are repercussions because his own players, he may have already lost the locker room before he walked in it. Yep. And he's already Aaron Outley. We just talked about him. Aaron Outley has a legitimate, committable offer from Florida State. All of his 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 offers are committable, by the way. Uh, and here's Florida State going head to head with Arkansas, an in-state prospect for 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 the Razorbacks. You're going head to head. This could cost them. Now, I I've said all along, I feel like he's going to be a Razorback no matter what. But think about these other uh, offers they have out to these other commits. You think they're going to want to play for a guy like that that's lying about something that's so huge right now that that he's willing to lie to the to the national media about having these individual work, uh, meetings? And maybe it is true what some of these people are saying. Maybe he did have some meetings with some players, but that certainly wasn't the way that he uh, portrayed himself when talking to the Atlantic. It's not what he said there. Um, so, all right. Last little bit here. This is uh, – it's some good news. We're getting closer and closer, fellas, to some football. Hogs, uh, they, they, they're reporting to campus here really soon. You're going to have to remind me of the date, Kyle. Is it is it the – June 8th. June 8th. That's right, June 8th. Um, Pittman talked with the media, uh, had a Zoom meeting with the media, and he kind of said some things here that stood out to me a little bit. Uh, he said that uh, we're going to, quote, unquote, we're going to start slow with the kids. Uh, the biggest thing you don't, uh, the biggest thing you don't want to do is get them in here and go so rapid that you're injury prone. And then uh, he also talked about the staff was being in constant, or they've been in constant contact with the players through text messaging, and, and I, I didn't read the whole thing. I didn't actually see the uh, Zoom conversation that he had with the media. I was just trying to, you know, I was reading just paragraph by paragraph about his conversation that he had with some of the members of the media, and I, I don't know if he was doing this all through text messages or I'm sure they're having Zoom meetings and, and the uh, position coaches were having Zoom meetings with their players. He did say, he went on to say, I'll be honest with you, I've heard different coaches speak out about this. I trust our kids. I trust that they're doing what we asked them to. Uh, just talking about the, the no contact or not being able to be there in person with these kids as they work out. So many 
factors here because we've obviously had such an unorthodox offseason. This really, this season could greatly hinge on whether or not these kids were actually doing what they were asked to do by the by the coaching staff. I mean, if, if they were sitting at home, and I used to have a coach that would yell at us and scream and talk about, well, you can't just sit around and eat Lay's potato chips and drink soda pop and play Sega Genesis once you report to camp. You know, it was all about what you did when the coaches weren't looking. And now they've had this extended period of time where the coaches weren't looking. Um, and they obviously couldn't report to campus and, and uh, take part in voluntary workouts. These voluntary workouts, quote-unquote voluntary, let's be honest here, like you said, Kyle, start on June 8th. So this whole season could honestly hinge on on how these kids prepared their bodies getting ready for this volunteer workout. What would you guys think about uh, about his conversation or just kind of what I went over there with uh, with the media? I mean, I, I love it, man. Uh, we're getting closer and closer. I know that uh, Texas actually just opened up, I guess, as of today, as we're recording. Um, they're able to open up their stadiums to 50% capacity and – Hopefully, our, the state of Arkansas will follow that as well. Now, I, we did see a report today uh, based on an email from Chancellor Kelly Damphouse that uh, there were seven student athletes that tested positive for COVID, and they were all asymptomatic. So pretty much they're just going to be in quarantine for 14 days. And that's something that Ty uh, Richardson and I from uh, ESPN Arkansas, when he had, we had him on on Monday's show, we touched on that as they, as Hunter Juracek had talked about in his press conference last week, what kind of the, some of the procedures that they were going to do. And uh, I mean, I, I think that it did a great job of explaining it and the reasons why they're doing it. And I, I think that it's definitely time to come back. And by the time with the, with the progress that we've made, I think that by the time it is, um, we're back to football season, the beginning of fall camp, and, and of course into the season. That things won't be completely back to normal, but might be so by more so than we thought uh, a couple of weeks ago or even a month ago. But I think really that they're doing it in about the most perfect way possible. They're taking the proper procedures, and they're not going to test everybody once they come back. It's more of along the lines: if you have a symptom, and then if you do have the symptoms, you'll get tested. And happen to test positive, then some of the people that you've been around, like maybe roommates or something like that. We'll also have to go through that process. But I think that they're doing the exact thing that they should do because you've got to come back at some point, and it's, it, it can't go on forever. Definitely. I mean, it's awesome day because, I mean, they're starting baseball up. They're having some tournaments in Springdale, Fayetteville High School football. They're starting their workouts. And uh, here at Ozark, you know, they've got a, a station where they're screening each kid. They're doing the social distancing. They're, they – they're not getting there early and hanging out. They're going straight into the workouts. They're six feet apart. Um, they have partners, and, and when they're not lifting, they're they're wearing masks. So, I mean, I think the slow steps to to get this back in order, you know, we got to realize that uh, we felt like we've been on summer vacation for four months already, but, you know, we still got a long ways to go until, you know, football really starts. So the, the progress they're making now really makes me feel – optimistic that there's going to be fans in the stands come September. Asa Hutchinson was talking to the media today, and I I just remembered to, to mention that, actually. But he was talking about – I guess he was asked about how like how all this is going to unfold and, and what the capacity limits were going to be. And, and it sounds like the goal right now well, – they're going to wait until July. I think he said we're going to wait till July to kind of see where these numbers are at with COVID – 
uh, and the amount of people that are infected. And these numbers are going up. They are. In Northwest Arkansas, they've talked about it being like this is going to be an area greatly infected. And uh, I don't, you know, I'll be honest with you, I haven't kept up. My wife does, and she's kind of nudging me before bedtime, like showing me the phone, like, oh, see, I told you, I told you, numbers are going up. So I, I, I don't know how much of that's going to factor in because obviously a majority of these games are going to be played in Fayetteville, and if you've got a spike in Fayetteville, or well, for that matter, anywhere across the state or across the country, he might, he might axe this whole thing. What's crazy is, it, 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 it's all up to him. I mean, he could shut this whole thing down, and he knows that's not what the people want. So. There's going to be extra guidelines. If you do go to any of the games, just completely. And I know a lot of people are already aware of this, but there are people out there who may not be and believe that this whole thing's a hoax and whatever. But uh, you're going to, probably going to have Germex stations every five feet. You're probably going to be. It's going to be mandated. I would. I would. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. If you. You know. You need to wear. You're going to have to wear a mask. You know. They're going to. Uh, they're going to try and do the six feet apart thing. And I, I don't know how you do that. If the plan is to go to full capacity, I don't know. You can't do that because you're obviously setting, you know, it's, 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 uh, I mean, you, you're going to have knees in your back at the stadium. I mean, that's just the way it is. You're going to be elbow to elbow. So I don't know how you, I don't know how you do all this. If there is, if the cases are still around, which they will be. So there's so many, there's so many variables to, to all this between now and, and even just the football season before it starts. Well, the good thing is, and they mentioned on Ruskin and Zach, is you know you only got one game against Nevada, and then you're on the road, I think, for a month. That's true. So, I mean, I don't think they're going to have that problem with the first game because, I mean, yeah, they're excited for football, but there's going to be a lot of people, especially based in northwest Arkansas, that are going to be scared to get out. So – I think that that first game, you're going to have a lot of possibilities to do the social distancing because, I mean, it does hold, what, what yeah. 70, 80,000? So, uh, right at 80, yeah. So right at 80,000. So, I mean, if you have your season ticket holders and, and then you let another X amount of fans come in, I think you're going to be able to spread that out throughout the – because you're not social distancing everybody. Like if a family of four go, they get to sit together. So it's just, I think the first game being in September and, and then you've got a month to plan on what you're going to do to make your next move before that next game. Yeah. I, I have no idea. I'm not going to, I'm not saying anything because this is blown up in my face already once. I, I have no idea what they do. I, I've, I've said all along, we're going to have a season. We're going to have a season. I, I feel pretty, confident in that but how you practice social distancing and allow full capacity is going to be interesting I, I that's all I could say I, I really don't know how they do it um, it is possible do they do they shut down the vendors you know maybe you just can't maybe you can't do that because think about if you've ever been to a game in Fayetteville I mean those lines they back up you know and they get in the way of people well how on earth are you going to do that you know they already obstruct the lane that you're trying to walk through, and the same thing could be said at at a uh, at a uh, uh, Bud Walton. Although they kind of have those roped off a little bit better, but how do you do that and socially distance and not and, and that not be in the way without breaking social distancing rules? So it's it's going to be fascinating. I'm just so excited we're going to have the season. But I, I I go back to what I said um, about his Pittman and what he said to the media. Uh, about, you know, when he says, I'll be honest, I've heard different coaches speak out about this, I trust our kids, uh, talking about them working out. 
and, and getting all this stuff done. And, and then on top of all that, they're still going to have to practice social distancing to some capacity, right, in these practices? Like, do you just call it off now that they've got their helmets and pads on? That's more than enough protection? How do you, how do you go about doing all this? I mean, it's just – it's like all or nothing to me. I, I, it's either you go all in and you learn to live with it, and, and that goes, the same goes for those players who are between the ages of 18 and 21 – uh, they're less affected by this, but still, you've—I mean, I don't know. It's—it's it's a very unorthodox off-season already that we're having, and now we're having to go under this whole: how do you live and work with COVID, and how do you how does sports go on? And that's going to be the case this year, I think. Um, so, but uh, I don't know if you guys have anything else that you wanted to add or not. Kyle, do you have anything else you wanted to Porter? I think that's it, man. That's yeah. Uh, I think we covered it pretty good. I think we did. I think we. I think we did. It was a good show. So good to have both of you guys on for the Friday show. It's always good when you get the three amigos on and and uh, chatting and and uh, and and just carrying on. It's so nice to know that football is around the corner. By the way, Athlon Magazine is out. That is my bible for you know for summer for football. And it's uh, I don't have the SEC mag yet. I've got the the. The big, the big thick book. Um, that's like twelve dollars. I think Hooten's magazine. I think they still plan on coming out this year. We need to talk with Barry Grooms and those guys and find out when that hits uh, hits the shelves in a store near you. But uh, just it's FYI, usually around Fourth of July, ain't it? I, I think, think it is. I was gonna say it's somewhere it's around like early July. July. Yeah, yeah, Fourth of yeah. July or early August, something like that. That is the unofficial official kickoff to Arkansas football. There you go. There you go. So, you know, if you need some read material, if you're still stuck at home bored and you need something to read, the Athlon magazines are available. And Hooten's is, I believe, we believe, is on the way. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for downloading and, and, and listening and taking part in what we do. We really do appreciate you. To everybody in Discord, shout out to you. Things are starting to ramp back up as we get closer and closer to the regular season, to some football, to some action. Thank you, God. But, yeah, do us a favor. If you haven't already, rate and review the show on iTunes. And until the next podcast, Woo Pig Suey, go Hogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.